In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with a very sad Spurs fan. Jack Robinson, how are you, buddy? I'm hanging in there, Paul. I'm hanging in there. You know, uh, obviously, I like seeing those touchdowns on Sunday, but I didn't like seeing them yesterday, so... Did you, did you hear Bayern Munich even tweeted the NFL saying, there we go, there's your first, sp- there's your first touchdown in your new stadium? Uh, uh, you know what? You hate to see it. You hate to see it. I, I'm excited to see some of the NFL action, but let's keep it to American football for those touchdowns, please. Let's keep it, out. Keep <laughs> well, it there. Uh, as I always say, we're, we're a uh, NFL podcast, not a uh, soccer podcast. <laughs> I'm actually going to Spurs on Sunday to watch the Raiders and the Bears. So I'm super excited about seeing this new stadium that's built outside of America for NFL. There you go. I mean, hey, let me know how it looks, man, because, uh, you know, Tottenham keeping it in top shape up there. Yeah, so I don't know if you know this, but the whole floor comes out for NFL. Really? Yeah, so oh. you, have, you have grass for soccer, mm-hmm. and then for the game, a huge uh, artificial pitch comes on top of the grass. Oh, that's great. For the oh, uh, game. Great. And then, like, next day you can play soccer on it again. It's just absolutely crazy it's perfect yeah so um yeah that'll be exciting london's got nfl up and around the town now because it's the start of the international series we have four games and um the raiders are in town and the bears land on friday okay okay i mean hey you get to see that cleo mac revenge game so that'll be great yeah it's um yeah it will be good uh um shame shame no uh uh, a B, but hey, I mean, hey, you take up. you take what you can, you take what you can get, man. <laughs> yeah, and um, the only shame is the Bears um, quarterback maybe out. Uh, yeah, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Trubisky yeah. Cleveland kid, Cleveland kid, actually, yeah. Menor native, Toledo, but, right? No, uh, Menor, Menor, okay. Yeah, um, but Trubisky's probably going to be out. He's probably going to be taking the bye week next week too, uh, with an injury to his shoulder. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Chase Daniel looked good in the second half. So, I mean, Hey, that should be good for, it should be good to watch. Yeah. Well, let's talk Browns anyway. I've got no interest in the rest of the NFL. (laughs) So, um, it sounds like one problem we may have to not worry about is the two IR places because it sounds like Kirksey's done for the whole season now. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like Kirksey's done. He just had surgery today. Uh, so that basically rules him out for the rest of the season. And mind you, they already still have Drew Forbes that's on IR. Uh, they still have David Njoku who's on IR. Uh, so those are two names that you're going to want to keep an eye on, um, especially for the possible return. Um, but really, I, I think that as a whole for the team, um, you've had Mac Wilson, and um, he's really performed well in Kirksey's stead. Um, the other name to keep an eye on as the season progresses is Sione Takitaki. 
if he gets better in coverage and he works on that a little bit more, I think that he could have a role on this team as well. But until then, Mac Wilson filling in fantastically for Christian Kirksey. Did you imagine to see Mac being the number two guy when Kirksey went down? Because I thought Taki Taki was kind of drafted higher. Uh, Mac had a lot of concerns about him. And yeah, Mac's come in and uh, kind of dominated that second linebacker place. Well, the thing with Mac Wilson is is that coming out of college and even throughout training camp, he really performed well in pass coverage, and that was really his strength. He just kind of got lost in uh, the shuffle sometimes during some run plays. Um, but he seems like he's kind of improved in that regard as well. But overall, I mean, he does fantastic in space, obviously, in the preseason. You saw that against Washington, and you saw that constantly on display throughout the entire preseason. And now he's getting a chance to step up into that role. Obviously, players from Alabama – coached up by former Browns assistant Nick Saban, um, really end up coming into the league more ready and more prepared uh, to jump in right away. So Mac Wilson's early success doesn't necessarily shock me, but at the same time, uh, for a fifth-round pick like Wilson was, to have him be able to jump into this role and be able to perform well is really something uh, that he really should be proud of and the team should be happy to have. Yeah. Do you think this is the end of Kurt? Say he's... If I'm correct, he signed a contract two seasons ago. I think it's a five-year contract. But I think we said before the show there could be an exit option in his contract after this year. Yeah, the, it looks like there's a chance that he could be gone after this season. There's an out uh, where they can go ahead and save some salary cap space uh, in the off season by cutting him. And if Wilson continues to perform like this, you could go ahead and see Kirksey end up leaving the team if they go ahead and go down that road. And, I mean, look, if, you're, if you have a, a young, talented rookie like Mac Wilson, I mean, it's tough to argue against it if he's performing around the same level as Kirksey for just a fraction of the price. Yeah, I know he's an absolute dog pound favorite, cult hero, captain, got the dressing room, loads of energy. But, yeah, sometimes you just have to make these tough calls. Yeah, and it that's – I mean, everybody says a cliche, but, I mean, look, the NFL, it's a business. Like, I mean, you're going to have some of these decisions where it's like, look, you're going to want to keep around some guys because you, you like them personally. But at the same time, the NFL is a business, and it's cold business. And at times you're going to end up seeing players that are going to leave that you don't necessarily want to see go. But at the same time, if it's Kirk sees time to leave, then it's time for him to go. There's one person that I was expecting to see potentially a little bit more of was Malik uh, Jefferson. Mm-hmm. The, 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 come from the Bengals, third-round pick. Yes. Um, I had my eye on him. I thought it was someone that could be good for the Browns. But um, do you know if he's played at all yet? Or um, He's gotten very minimal play on defense. He's more of a special teamer. Um, he's very athletic, but at the same time, he kind of played a little bit wild where – he would uh, not necessarily be able to control some of that athleticism. Um, so for him, it, it would it's kind of just taming that, bring it down, calming himself down, and being being able to focus that. But he's really just been a special teams contributor so far this season. Sounds like another uh, tacky tacky. A little bit, a little bit. Tacky tacky, I think, is a better run defender than uh, Jefferson. I will say, um, but. At the same time, they're both very athletic. I, I will say that. 
Um, but I think that Taki Taki has a has an easier role where he can go up against the uh, he can go up and run defense as well. How are we looking at the Browns with some other injuries? Um, so as of right now, basically what what we know um, at the time of the recording is just the fact that. Look, it's day-to-day for some of these guys. Greedy Williams, Denzel, we're going to play it by ear. Same thing with Rashard Higgins. And Rashard Higgins, I'm interested to see how he ends up playing and mixing into this kind of group because he's been out since week one. And obviously that first, the first drive that you saw with Higgins, you saw a lot of comfort level with him. And you saw the offense as a whole really humming along since he went down. Took a little bit for the offense to get back. Looked like they were back last week. And – I'll say this. If he was on the field for that Odell Beckham trick play, I do think that he ends up bringing that in uh, down near the goal line uh, against Baltimore from this past Sunday. Mate, that trick play, I'm still thinking about now. It was uh, <laughs> it went straight through Ratley's hands, though. Come on, mate. you got to catch that. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is you you got to make sure you're reeling those in. you got to make sure that you're able to control some of those balls. And Higgins is one of those guys where that is not an issue. Uh, when it comes to him and his play. So I'm excited to see him come back and kind of get acclimated to the offense now. Uh, Ward, Williams, any updates? Uh, nothing as of yet. Day by day for both of those guys. Um, I, I know uh, Williams talked about it last week, but he's really chomping at the bit. He really wants to get back out there because he said he didn't miss a game in college. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be on the sideline when he knows that he can help his teammates out. But I mean, hey, at the same time, you got to give credit where it's due. And Terrence Mitchell, TJ Carey, they both have done a phenomenal job on the outside. And especially, too, you look at the safety help. Justin Burris, you look at uh, Jermaine Wood or Whitehead, excuse me, um, along with uh, Eric Murray. There we go. Uh, the, the acquisition from Kansas City from the offseason. And all three of those guys have really helped out in the slot as well as going back into that strong safety role and playing in the box. So they've all really done a good job. And the secondary as a whole has been very impressive to me as they've gone on. I said at the start of the season, I'm not worried about the depth of the secondary, but I never expected it to be as strong as it is now. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that for sure. I want to change the subject really quickly. How do you think the O-line are doing? Because we've had a lot of mixed reviews, you know, like PFF are saying, you know, great. And then some of the fans are saying, you know, what's the O-line doing? What's been your view on that? Um, for me, I, I think that they're coming along. And obviously, every offensive line takes time to kind of come together as a cohesive unit. I know last year, obviously, in those last eight games, it was phenomenal. But the other thing you got to remember is they had continuity. They had it where they played all 16 games all together. They didn't necessarily have anybody go down. And obviously, early on, losing Greg Robinson in that game, in uh, game one, having him be ejected then having to shuffle around the offensive line, then game two, and then game three, uh, you had Chris Hubbard as a possibility to miss those games. And so you ended up seeing the shuffle of the offensive line a little bit even more. And I I think that they're coming along. Um, I do think that there can be some improvements still. I think Eric Cush has done an admirable job uh, so far, but it, it wouldn't shock me if by the end of the year you see Wyatt Teller pushing him for his position. Um, the other name that I will mention, too, that people are often forgetting about is Drew Forbes, who was put on injury reserve right after the cutdown day. Uh, they ended up putting him on there so that they can go ahead and designate him to return. They haven't designated him yet, but 
he can come back. It wouldn't shock me if he goes into that right tackle spot for Chris Hubbard because that's another name where we talked about Kurtzy having an out after this year. Hubbard you can go ahead and let go after this year as well if he doesn't play up to snuff, to which so far this year he hasn't necessarily played all that well. But at the same time, if he improves, great. If not, you can get out from him after the season. Yeah, I definitely think one of our first draft picks next year will be uh, O-line tackle. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And plus, too, from the people who have watched more than I have uh, in talking with them, uh, they basically were saying that this is a pretty good offensive line class. So uh, I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying that it probably should be an offensive line. The tweet I wanted to uh, talk about was Andrew Gribble mentioned how good has the Browns' depth been on defense? They fall six turnovers in the last two games. All but one have involved players listed as second or third string on the depth chart. And that kind of just sums up the depth on the defense. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it all comes back to that next man up mentality that a lot of those guys talk about and they preach on the coaching staff as well as – you know, like you said, there's been so many injuries that normally that would really deter a, a team as a whole. But, you know, it's really rallied these guys all together and they've really been able to perform well. And oh, overall, I mean, I, I'm extremely impressed. I mean, like I mentioned before, Justin Birds got picked up a couple days before the Rams game. And obviously he was with the team in, in the preseason. And I thought that he should have had a spot on the roster. But at the same time, you, you go ahead, bring him in. And all of a sudden now, he's making plays immediately in those games and between him. And like I said, Whitehead, he had a little bit of a rough game where he ended up giving up a touchdown uh, to the Rams, but bounced back phenomenally uh, this past weekend and played fantastically, ending up getting the forced fumble, I believe, um, in uh, late in the ball game. But really, these guys in the depth on this team have really performed fantastically. And even TJ Carey talked about you got to have the mindset of that everybody's a starter. Everybody's got to be ready for if there's an injury, all right, I'm up, I'm going. And so I, I give a lot of credit to these guys because they've been able to step up and show out, honestly. Yeah, Justin uh, Burris always looked good in the preseason. I know he was going up against second and third team uh, opposition, but yeah, fair play to him. He's come in, stepped up. The other name going around the position rooms is Lawrence. He looked good when he had to come on to replace uh, Richardson on uh, Sunday. Yeah, DeVaro Lawrence was somebody that they ended up trading a seventh-round pick for last year just to go ahead and snag him on the team. But, you know, Lawrence really improved and really showed out to me, especially uh, when I saw him in training camp. And he's somebody who was really just built on that over and over and over again uh, throughout the preseason, and so much so that um, I know that there were teams that were looking at him possibly – but at the same time, for the Browns, going at having him as depth. In the offseason, we're talking about Gerald McCoy. Now at this point, I don't necessarily think that you have to. Mate, it's a really good point because everyone was on that train. Everyone wanted him. I was too. I was too. I was worried that we had great um, first-team defensive uh, tackles, then no depth behind it, and I was proven so wrong with Lawrence. So, Yeah, no, and that's the thing is just that it – it's really phenomenal what he's been able to do. And he's one of those success stories that you look at for one of these projects that essentially redshirted last year, just worked on, he was mainly on the practice squad, got brought up for a few games. But other than that, it really, it, he's been a phenomenal story for this team so far this year. And the other <clears throat> success story is uh, 
our new tight end. Yes, yes, Ricky Seals Jones, man. I, I, I love Ricky Seals Jones, and I liked him in Arizona. But for the Browns to be able to bring him in, that he also adds to the question of, look, do you need to rush back David Njoku? I mean, he Njoku obviously. Don't get me wrong, I love Njoku. I I've long said that I thought that he would have had a a great year this year if it weren't for the injury. Now, but. Uh, for for Najoku being out, now you can take your time with him. You don't need to rush him back. And Ricky Seals-Jones has showed in Arizona that, hey, you know what? He can go ahead and put up some big numbers for you if if you need him to. So I, I'm really interested to see how he's able to perform uh, if and also if they give him a uh, bigger role uh, with the offense. Yeah, <clears throat> maybe now these two, two end uh... – Tight end sets will be quite interesting when they all get back on the uh, field. Yeah, no, seriously. And not to mention, too, it adds so much more in the goal line where you have those three tight end sets, and you can go ahead and have Nick Chubb in the backfield. You don't necessarily need a fullback, and you can throw Odell on the outside. So now it's you got Odell on the outside. You got Nick Chubb in the backfield. You got to cover Najoku, Demetrius Harris, and you got Ricky Seals Jones. Who are you going to cover? Like, so it's pick your poison. So I'm excited to see how it goes. And really how the entire offense kind of works as a whole. If Njuku came back tomorrow, who do you think would get cut? Um, that's tough to say. That's tough to say. If, if he were to come back tomorrow. Um, People are screaming down the podcast now. It's Farrell Brown. It's got to be. Yeah, know. that wouldn't shock me. That wouldn't shock me, honestly. Because, <laughs> but he's, um, he's maybe the, the player with the most upside. I see, and here's the thing is that I, I would kind of agree with that. My only thing is just that he's not necessarily a blocker. Um, and from what I saw when I saw him at training camp, I know in the games he performed well, but in training camp he was very inconsistent with his hands. So for me, I, if he continues to improve, great. But if not, as of right now, it looks like he could be the guy who um, could be on the on the chopping block. And I hate saying that because I know he's a, a local kid from Cleveland Heights, but at the same time, um, I mean, look, like I said, the NFL is a cold business. So, um, I mean, if if he doesn't get his act together, he could be one of the ones that's the odd man out in the tight end room. Yeah, fair enough. And, um, yeah, the, the only um, other person I was uh, thinking that, you know, Callaway's coming back. Do you think he's going to go straight into the uh, team? Um, I think that they're going to be, they're going to take it slow with him. I don't think that they're going to rush him back immediately, um, into a huge role or anything like that. And to be honest, um, before the season, I had thought that he probably would only play about 25 to 30 snaps, maybe, um, being more of that deep threat where everybody thought that he was going to be the third option with Odell and with Jarvis. I thought Higgins fits more of that role a lot better where he's more the possession receiver when you've got Jarvis as the main slot and then you've got Odell as the big play deep threat guy, as well as the explosive player. And really for Callaway, he's just going to be one of those big play type of players where he doesn't necessarily have to come in a ton, but when he, when he does, he's going to take the top off the defense. See, I thought Hodge is safe. I think he's been doing really well on special teams. So Taiwan Taylor, gets the chop and Callaway comes back in. See, my only thing with Taylor is that Taylor's actually been a solid return man. That's that's the one thing that I will add is that I know that this this team values versatility when we're talking about um it 
in the same way that when Jalen Strong got cut, uh, for instance. It, it wasn't just that the guy had struggled separating. The issue that he also had, too, was that he didn't necessarily do as much on special teams, whereas you saw others that were playing well on special teams as well. So I think that he's somebody that really I like in that type of role. And I almost think that when Callaway comes back, you see Jarvis go away from being the punt return man, and you have Callaway going to that punt return role. So I think that if you're going to subtract somebody, I think it's going to be somebody outside of the wide receiver room. But I think that it will be interesting to see where they go. Mm. Well, an interesting thing today was the power rankings. The Browns are up five mm-hmm. to four, on average around 14th. The Bengals are up by half, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. They're 28th. Ravens are down six to uh, 13th. And the Steelers are down 0.1 to 25.1. So, uh, yeah, what do you make of that? Yeah, you know, I mean, when it comes down to it, I think the Browns are working their way up. Obviously, this is just one game that uh, the national folks have seen. Um, but at the same time, given the way that Freddie likes to run his offense and everything, I think that um, this is just the start of it. I think this is just the start of the climb uh, for these guys. And I think for the Ravens, it's going to be interesting to see how they play out because you, you look at the defense that they played uh, so far this year and you look at Miami, um, obviously not a great season. Uh, Arizona, once again, obviously not a great season. And then you go into Kansas City, and Kansas City's always had questions regarding their um, regarding their defense. So you wonder how do they go ahead and keep going forward um, and if they're able to bounce back because I think that's something that you can start to question um, as we go through the season and as that kind of carries on. And that leads me on to my last question for you. What, what's your uh, prediction for this uh, Monday night? So I think this is going to be a hard-fought game. Um, And I think that don't be shocked if uh, the Browns get off to a slow start, obviously. Traveling from the East Coast, obviously traveling from Cleveland, going over to uh, San Francisco, going all the way over to the West Coast, it's going to be a tough challenge when it comes to travel. And obviously, it's hit or miss sometimes when it comes to some of those. But at the same time, though – I think that the Browns, they might get off to a slow start. I do think that they make a statement in this game. I think that they end up winning this game by, I don't want to put a number on it, but I think it's going to be a solid margin, I, I think. Um, 49ers defense has been pretty good all year, but I think that you can go ahead and see last week, the Browns went up against tough defense in Baltimore. And yet at the same time, they were able to really perform well. And Baltimore is a better secondary I think that the Browns are going to be able to do more through the air this time, not necessarily as much on the ground. So Nick Chubb fantasy owners might want to take that into account. But at the same time, um, I do think that you're going to see a big game from Odell and a solid game from Jarvis, but I think a bigger game from Odell. And it wouldn't shock me if you see Ratley get some targets as well. Come on, mate. It's three hours difference. Um, (laughs) And it's like – you normally play one o'clock on a Sunday and you're playing a bit later on a Monday. Is it really going to make that much difference? Well, the, the entire thing is that it shifts you off in routines because, I mean, even the Monday night game that they played earlier, I was there that week. And normally you get the coordinators coming out on Thursday. You get the injury reports on Wednesday. Um, but instead, everything shifted over a day. So it might throw off some of those players in some of their routines. But that's going to be what I'm going to be interested to see is that what players do you see it kind of, 
shifting a little bit? Do you see any players that kind of get a little bit more uncomfortable? Does it take them a little bit to get acclimated? And that's what I'm going to be watching for on Sunday, honestly. Or on Monday, excuse me. Sunday, I'm going to be enjoying some NFL football. Look, it's affecting us all. We're all getting messed up with the uh, extra day and the, and the difference. See, and that's the thing. We're not even playing in that game. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Look, thanks a lot for your time, buddy, for jumping on. Uh, where can people find your details? Um, yeah, you guys can always find myself on Twitter at Mac Robinson CLE, as always, for all my work. Um, and then you guys can go ahead and check out my articles on the OBR um, through 24 7 Sports. And we got a great crew with myself, Lane Adkins, uh, Fred Greethrum, obviously Jake Burns, phenomenal work. And we have uh, All 22 Chalk Talk that does his stuff on there as well. Um, both him and Jake always do previews of uh, the opponents. So, you're not going to want to miss that. Make sure you guys subscribe to go ahead and check out that information. Yeah, awesome. You got <clears throat> you got a great bunch of guys there. And uh, do you all catch up like for a meeting every week or? Um, yeah, yeah. We normally try to catch up every every month or so. We normally try to we normally try to meet up. Awesome. All right, you take care, buddy. Thanks a lot for your time. And fingers crossed for Spurs this weekend. Yeah, seriously. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. All right, it. take care, buddy. Thank you, Joe. Cheers, man. Cheers.